Welcome to Prince Among Queens, featuring your host, Troy Bronstein. In this program, Troy speaks to some of the most talented recording artists in the music business. You'll hear the stories, as well as the stories behind the stories. What's big, what's now, what's next? You'll get the updates right here. Now, here's Troy Bronstein. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to my show, Prince Among Queens. I'm your host, Troy Bronstein. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at troy at t-besttalentagency.com. And if you'd like to call in today to speak to our special guest, you can do so on 866-472-5787. All right, enough of me talking. Let's move on with the show. We have a special guest with us today. Oh, sorry about that. I forgot to put my phone on. Uh, we have a special guest with us today. She's... Um, known around the world. Her voice is very well recognized. Uh, she's toured the world and is a friend of mine. Let's give a nice warm welcome to Amber. Hello, Amber. How are you? Being a star yourself right now. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. It sounds about Thank right. You so much. Prince, um, it sounds about right. A prince among queens, honey. <laughs> you guys are my it queens. It sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for taking the time to come uh, come on the show today, especially since you're over in Europe and with the time difference and all that. I really appreciate it. Oh, happy to do it. Happy to do it. So, um, well, let's 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 dive into to Amber and uh, and we'll go from we'll go from there. So, basically, um, you uh, um, were born over. Um, I know it's Dutch, so would that be Holland? Is that is it? Yeah, the Netherlands. I was born in the Netherlands, uh -huh. um, and I spent the first six years of my life in the Netherlands. And then uh, my father, who happens to be an opera singer, um, had a job offer in Germany, so the entire family moved to Germany. And that's where I was pretty much raised for the rest of my young years. And uh, eventually I moved back to the Netherlands for a couple of years again um, before I hit pretty big in America. And then after, I think, about two years into my career, I decided to move to America just mm -hmm. to be more there and present because it was just a lot of back-and-forth traveling. Um, yeah, so I lived in the United States for about 10 years, and um, I moved back to Europe, which I always pretty much wanted to do. Um, I it's just something, you know, when you're used to something, when you're born somewhere, when you were raised somewhere, it's just a different kind of lifestyle. Right, um, right. And also, the, the, I, I appreciate the anonymity kind of like that I have in, in Europe. So eventually I moved back. And I thought also it was a better choice for my son to, to okay. go yeah. about his business, you know, his, the rest of the road. You, you remember my son. I was just going to say, how is he doing? He's probably he doing married wonderful. <laughs> Because he was a kid when I, I mean, last time I saw him. Yep. Jumping oh. up and down in that pool. There you go. There you go. That's right. Uh-huh. God. Time flies, though. Time does fly. So Absolutely. Good, absolutely. Good to hear he's good and he's adjusted well to being over there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I raised him with three languages. So, and, you know, yeah. I never, um, I always made sure he kept in touch um, 
you know, with people over here and, you know, send them over to Europe for vacations. And, you know, then family came over and visited us. So we always had, uh, uh, we always kept the connection. So mm-hmm. eventually um, I thought for him it was a better a better place to grow up. And looking at the situation in America right now, I'm quite, quite <laughs> happy. Made the right choice. Made the right yeah, choice. I'm quite happy. <laughs> and even my son says, you know, Mom, at that moment I was not really happy because, you know, I was... You know, I was having friends and stuff, and I was pissed. Right. But he says, looking back, I really think you made the right choice for me. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm pleased. You know, well, no, as a parent, you know what's right, you know, and sometimes you don't want to, but you have to. So it's it's tough love, Absolutely. as they call it. You know, it's tough love. Absolutely. So for those of uh, those of them out there that don't know as well as just a singer, you're also an executive producer and a label owner. So you've got many, uh, you wear many hats uh, over mm-hmm. there. So um, your career, basically, from what I understand, um, I'm going to say took off but, or launched with "This Is Your Night," which was released by Tommy mm-hmm. Records. But I understand that mm-hmm. was a was that that was a demo that actually snuck out under the radar and became so popular. Is that no? I actually <clears throat> no. I actually. Um... Before I got signed to Tommy Boy, I was doing all kinds of, you know, music with people. And you know how you, when you're a musician or you're a singer, you know, you just go out there and just put yourself out there. I was having battles at clubs with the girls from the army, from the from the American army, singing Whitney Houston songs, and then people would, uh, 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 you know, put bets on us who was who would be better and stuff, just crazy stuff like that. And one day I was performing at a fashion show because in my young years I would also. Um, model a little bit still, um, and uh, I would also always sing at a fashion at, at the fashion shows. And somebody must have heard me, who must have then relayed that message, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to see it, to the Berman Brothers, and they contacted me because they were looking for talent, and uh, they invited me to a studio in Hamburg, and. Um, Gave me a basic track, and I remember Frank Berman just giving me the track and says, well, I thought something like in the amount of, this is your night, um, and just, you know, all right, kind of like, you know, <laughs> and he just put me in a in another room, and uh, I wrote pretty much the, the rest of it. And um, that track, even they didn't call back for quite a while, and then eventually they called back again. And in the meantime, they did a remix for the real McCoy. For the real McCoy, I think it was mm-hmm. another night, another day. Kind of yeah. sounds similar with the with the stupid kind organ of. sound. Yeah, looking back. Um, and uh, but they were telling me that that was their group, so they were like, "Oh, we're very successful over there, and we got them signed, and this and that." And and um, they were looking for a deal with the song "This Is Your Night." And from what they told me, they had um, a different label offers, and they took up with um, Tommy Boy at that point. And uh, I remember I had to actually fly to New York and present myself and and sing it sing the song in the lobby live for everybody. And um, that was the beginning of it all. <laughs> How yep. was that singing in the lobby for everybody that works there? You had to, it was everybody... the weirdest shit. It was the weirdest <laughs> shit. I mean, this entire industry is just really... <sighs> True. It's a crazy True. industry. And it's just the weirdest feeling, you know. You, 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 
usually it always the thing is with fame fame is a weird thing anyway i can't I, I i'm not really that oh look at me all day i'm shooting selfies about me all day oh look how my lashes are it's just it just is so far away from me that kind of behavior right. so i kind of struggle at times with that um because i rather talk about more important issues but um it was weird, you know, because you're coming from Europe, from a little town, and then all of a sudden you're, like, in the middle of frickin' New York. I mean, I've been to New York once before at the New Music Seminar, which was, funnily enough, um, uh, created by Tom Silverman, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you just you just put out there, and you just have to handle yourself as good as you can at that moment, not knowing what people really expect from you. Um, I, I still remember what I was wearing. I was wearing a black pair of shinier pants, and then I was wearing this lacquer uh, blazer over it in black, you know, the 90s, right, um, long hair, whatever, and little lobby, and everybody was just standing around, I mean, people that I got to know over time, obviously, and obviously I did well enough for them uh, to sign me, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and just took it from there. <laughs> yeah, that's got to just be a, an, an odd uh, you know, an odd feeling being there in the lobby and having people that, you know, you've not met yet before, but you know that are looking at you for like, hmm, let's just see what she can do. Or is she really, you know, the voice on that record? Right. And, you know, all that kind of stuff coming yeah. at you. That would just, just be very weird. Judgmental, That's why. <laughs> you know how it is. Just judgmental bitches, Troy. Right. <laughs> they were judging you. That's yeah. it. That's it. They're saying, show me what you got, girl. Come on, let's do it. And you did. Right, so congratulations, right, right. you know, congratulations on that. Yeah. You did it, and then you did, you know, a lot more, um, you know, after that, because with that track, uh, you did um, the first album, which also had um, Color of Love and one, um, and one More Night, right? One More Night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> first album, um, we had three singles. The second single, Absolutely Despised. Um, I, I really was absolutely not pleased with it, and I refused until today. I mean, I've only performed it live a couple of times because I had to. Because, you know, you kind of put in a position where vicariously all kinds of people live through you and tell you what to do constantly. And I've never, right. I've never been the kind of person that was to be controlled very well. <laughs> no, it's just not, not in my DNA. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> right. and when you're in this industry, um, that's all they're trying to do. You know, I mean, I'm just glad this industry came down to what it has come down to now, that it's not so traditional anymore as it used to be. It was about time that that whole thing just came tumbling down, really, to tell you the truth. Um, But One More Night was okay. Um, I could handle that. Um, But I was very clear after that first album already, and I had made it also very clear to the Burmans and Tommy Boy that I did not have any further interest in working with um, with the Berman brothers anymore because I slowly started to realize that you know I wrote most of the parts and they took most of the credits behind my back, oh, no. um, and that is the thing that I had to painfully realize after many many years. I had to realize and look at my share on This Is Your Night, which is a huge song still until today, and is played being all, played all over the place. That they mm-hmm. actually behind my back, reduced my share to 6.66%, which is just a fucking... Oh, my God. ...load of shit, <laughs> you know? And, um, but they wouldn't let me go after the first album either. They wouldn't let me go. Um, they just, you know, they just kept me in that contract. They didn't want to let me go. And, you know, logically, for me, it doesn't make sense. If you want to have a creative person to work with you, you know, you better 
get along with them for them to actually be able to be creative properly. Because obviously creative people have a certain sensitivity to them and they really um, react to the environment negatively or positively. Um, So basically what I was looking for was I was looking for outside writers, um, one of them being Billy Steinberg and Rick Knowles, which luckily I was sent to. And um, I felt so freed at that moment. I felt like I, I met people that I could actually, you know, work with and, and, and be creative with and that, and you know, understood them, yeah. me and I got along with well in the studio. It was not just the drag, you know. <laughs> um, and we they, we had some basic, um, Billy gave me some, some lyrics. Um, Rick knows, I remember until today, we were sitting in the studio in um, California in the hills somewhere looking down on the city and it was a beautiful environment and he just started to play some beats, and um, Billy gave me some, some lyrics out of his drawer, um, and I looked at the lyrics, and instantly I, f- I, I felt the melody coming up, and I think within 15 minutes we cut the demo, and at that point of time I knew right away it was a hit. I remember Asia listening to it, actually. Asia was with me in California, <laughs> and mm-hmm. when we drove back in the, um, you know Asia, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. When we drove back in the car at night, we were both screaming. We were like, oh, my God, this is going to be fabulous. <laughs> um, so, yeah, with the second album, um, I had much more creative freedom because they are not really creative people. They're just good with sitting, trying to lure creative people in and then steal much of their credit. That's all they're good for. Well, like um, everybody else in this, the industry. <laughs> yeah, well, no, nah, I don't think everybody else. But this, you know, I mean, we know what this industry is about. Exactly. It's a lot about backstabbing, exactly. and that's what I don't like about it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely learned not to project my feelings or my kind of morals and standards on others anymore. I mean, that's what this industry really basically taught me. So don't trust. You cannot trust anybody, really. That's There's true. only a few people, a handful of people where I can say, you know, I trust decent them. people, yeah, exactly. upright and decent people. People that you could go to dinner with and actually enjoy the conversation and enjoy the meal, right? <laughs> right. Well, story. yeah, like that. And, and people who would just, you know, I mean, it was, for instance, it, it, just to show you, I mean, Billy Steinberg and Rick Knowles, I don't know if you understand, these people are huge writers. I mean, they right. wrote for Whitney Houston, Celine Dion. I mean, they, they wrote for the best of the best. You sit down with them and you create music with them, and there's not even a question asked to share the credit. Not even a right. question. It's right. like it's, it's normal. That's what you do. You sit together in a studio and you share your credits, period, blank. Well, it's business. That's what it is. And we're going to take our you first know? break right now, and we're going to listen to that track, This Is Your Night, from Amber, and we'll be back with more in a minute. Stand by.
Hi, this is Crystal Waters, and you're listening to my favorite prince, Troy Bronstein, on Prince Amongst Queens on voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Dive on in. That's right. Dive on into my favorite Prince Among Queens, Troy Bronstein. You tell him Debbie Halliday sent you. You're listening to Prince Among Queens with Troy Bronstein. To reach the show today, call into 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also reach out by email to Troy at t-besttalentagency.com. Now, back to Prince Among Queens. All right, welcome back. We're here with Amber, and we just finished uh, talking about the debut album and all of that issues, and you heard a little piece of uh, This Is Your Night on there. And so moving along now, we've got the second uh, album, which you were writing uh, with these gentlemen, and and you had more um, creative... uh, Input. Input. There's a word. Yeah. I just draw a blank for a minute. Creative input on it and all of that. And so that went that went well. And obviously from like what you're saying, you know, you you felt so free and, and you know, didn't have to worry about, you know, business aspects. You could just, you know, write and create music and, you know, good music, which obviously you did because, you know, off of that second album you had um sexual, which was huge. And then you had, uh, mm-hmm. if you could read my mind, was also on there, which was a collaboration, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, uh, I'm trying to think, was there an, another song that you wrote that was on that? Above the Clouds. Some? That's right, Above the above Clouds. The, and um, Right, Sexual Above the Clouds, If You Could Read My Mind, Love One Another. And uh, and Yes, was Yes on there? No, Yes was on Naked. No, Yes was it? on the Naked album. Yeah, that was that already was when, I, when I finally uh, 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 paid my way out. From the Burn Brothers, yeah. Because the second album still was a lot of grifting from their part, a lot of mm-hmm. grifting. So, so but I, I at least got to create the music that I, you know, felt more compelled to create and felt 
it just felt better. You know, it was more of my stamp on there. Most of the material I co-wrote completely with other people. Mm-hmm. Now, with, they with, just se- it. with sexual, um, mm-hmm. how, when that one, you know, took off, that one basically went, I mean, mainstream around the world, um, that song for you. Um, yeah, that how was pretty, um, you know what the funny thing with sexual was is that a lot of radio stations, because obviously I had already had some hits, and if you could read my mind, obviously was a cover from Gordon Lightfoot and a, and a soundtrack to the movie, movie 54 in 98, right. and that obviously crossed over, and also in Canada and stuff, because it was a huge song, and Canada back then had some regulations where a certain amount of percentage had to be from Canadian songwriters, so it was really big over there, too. Um, I didn't know that so, about Canada at the time. Yeah, yeah, they have oh. strict, they have, I don't know how the regulations are now, but back then the regulations were very steep. You know, the, the biggest percentage had to be from Canadian songwriters. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> but what had happened is um, that had crossed over, obviously, because, you know, it was more a pop song than anything. Um, and when I came out with Sexual... Everybody was taken aback. It's like it was just the weirdest thing. Like certain radio stations were asking me to change my lyric on sexual. Like, um, can she please um, re-sing the hook and instead of sexual, sing sensual? I'm like, what the fuck is going on with these people? I mean, <laughs> it was just the weirdest thing. Like I was, they were acting like I was think singing about something dirty and off limits and and I'm thinking to myself well I see a lot of guys out there singing about you know smoking weed in the back of my Benzie and shake right. that ass and you know you know what I'm talking about yep. so what kind of double standard are we having here you know that a woman freely speaks about her sexuality I mean is that forbidden I mean crude <laughs> America what, what am I talking about Right. So right. I said, no, absolutely not. Not going to do it. And um, it took off in the clubs massively. It was number one, I think, in the Billboard club charts for, I think, 17 or 19 weeks, if I remember right. It was a long time, yeah. And at yeah. some point, those radio stations just got called up to death to play that record, and eventually they caved. You know, And now it's just one of those club anthems and one of those evergreens and one of those staples that, you know, Many DJs still regularly tell me, you know, when we feel like the dance floor is not quite quite there yet, we have one saver, and that's amber sexual, <laughs> and people will, you know, come to the floor. Right. So, um, shows you not everybody always around you knows the best for you, or 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 you know, nobody has the absolute solution to everything, or you know, not everybody everybody tells around you. You have to you have to feel it. It has to come from you, you know, from your heart, and you have to mean it and really feel it in order for it to transfer and um, to touch people. No, that's that's definitely true. And it's you know, it's like you're saying, you know, play that song. It's like the, you know, the hook that you know, d d daddy d daddy. You know, as soon as you hear that, people go running, you know, to the dance floor. They start shaking their bodies where they're standing, having their cocktail, and it's just an instant. You know, a groove, yeah. an instant, an instant groove. Look at that! Right now, you well, I can't because you can't see me, but the hair's standing up on my arms. So I just did that, <laughs> so it's just like you know. I remember you know hearing that, and that's it's that you know, um, it's that hook, kind of like you know, Crystal Waters had on on Gypsy. You know, 
La da dee, it's just that that sound and you hear that and it's like, whoa, whoa, you know, that's that's a song and I like that song. So um that was great and you had good success with that. And then on that album, like you said, was If You Could Read My Mind, which was a um you know, a remake um for the for the movie Studio Fifty Four and what'd you say, ninety eight? Did you say what was that? That was actually 98. That was a project. Um, actually, Miramax uh, 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 Pictures um, was in touch with Tommy Boy. Back then, I think at the VP, Monica Lynch, and um, they had discussed with Tommy Boy to provide the soundtrack. And um, Monica Lynch came up with the idea and said, well, you know, it would be a great idea for Jocelyn Enriquez, who happened to be on that Tommy Boy label at that time. Right. And Ultra, I think, was with, what was it? Rhythm, something with rhythm. Strictly rhythm. I don't know. Yeah. Strictly, strictly rhythm, rhythm? Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't want to say anything wrong, but she was with another label anyway. So I guess they liked that visual package, you know, mm -hmm. Filipino, uh, black, uh, white girl, right. whatever. That was something that they really... And, and both, all three of us actually had, had hit records around that time. Right. So they thought it was a really brilliant idea to put us together. Um and, uh, yeah, we went to the studio. We taped it in a couple of hours. And um, Miramax actually had already wrapped up their movie. And then they received the track, and they decided, well, that's going to be the main soundtrack to the movie. And they wrapped open the entire scene again, and we went to the st original Studio 54. Um, and we taped a scene where we are live on stage. It's like the ending scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, even though the, the 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 movie itself, from what I heard, because I remember Mike Myers at the premiere, and he didn't look too happy. I think because the movie had a lot of gay scenes originally in there, and you know how America was and still is, you know, right. they had some issue with it, so they started editing a lot of it out. So the movie was not actually really any more that what maybe he also also had expected. Um, and I remember the movie was, you know, doing I, but the soundtrack really kicked it. It was kind of yeah. like the bodyguard. Remember the bodyguard? Bodyguard was like, ah, oh, the movie's like, ah, but the soundtrack was the shit. Off the charts, yeah, that so, was the bomb. Some, or, or, or Flashdance, or, you know, sometimes you have these movies. What, what's the one with Patrick Swayze? I had the time of oh, my life. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, something Dance. Um, <laughs> shit, it'll come yeah. to me. Um, That's all right, yeah, but yeah. you know what I'm talking about. With Baby, so it's yeah. Kind of like some, <laughs> sometimes you have these soundtracks that, just, that will just stick around forever, even when the movie might have been forgotten, but the soundtracks will stick. So that did really well for us. And um, although we did not perform it too many times together, um, because, you know, we all had our own schedules. Right, right. Um, now and then, I think the last time I, I think the last two times I was, I think it was one was in Palm Springs. Where was the other one? Uh, San Antonio or somewhere. Anyway, Ultra happened to be there, so we decided to just, you know, perform it uh, together. You know, when mm -hmm. when we happen to be on the same show, on the same lineup, you know, right. just to make people happy, to have somewhat people together on stage, you know, to so have like two of the three at least together. Just right. one I haven't seen for years, actually. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But it worked with the with you guys. You know, that's the thing is it worked mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it was fun and, uh, you know, everybody had their own, you know, 
part in their in their spot, yeah. but then everybody supported. You know, it was it was a nice. I thought it was a nice blend, and it worked real well myself. No, absolutely, and 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 we're still we're still working that song individually. Also, you know, mm-hmm. we do our our own shows, and if you could be my mind, I bet you is on all of our repertoire. It is. Because I can tell you, it once, is. Once, once, <laughs> once, once that note comes, do 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 do, people will just lose their minds. So, yeah. and um, but you know, it's very good also to perform by yourself, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, true. No, then you just do the whole yeah the whole song on your own. So along along with that though, I think the following year there was a, a track that was not on the album but was um, done for a TV soundtrack for Sex in the City called Taste the Tears. Is that right? Taste the Tears. Um, you know what? I don't think Taste the Tears was on Sex in the City. Sex in the City actually had Object of Your Desire and Above the Clouds, from ah. what I remember. Okay. Above the Clouds was a scene on the rooftop somewhere. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And objective, yeah. and yeah, with like drag queens and you know, mm-hmm. you know the whole shebang, typical <laughs> New York scenery up in a rooftop somewhere, a party. That's when they played above the clouds, and I think object of your desire was played um, when the um, uh, when the credits start rolling. Mm. I remember that. Taste of Tears was actually a track that they put on the remixed album. Oh, okay. All right. Because now that I had, um, before I came out with the Naked album, and because I've had quite a, had quite okay. a few hits uh, up to then, they decided to pop out a remix album. And for that remix album, they were looking um, for an outside track, and um, Diane Warren wrote Taste the Tears, and I recorded it with, um, I think, the Thunderpuss Boys. Yeah, with Chris, and, uh, with Chris Cox and Barry Harris, yeah, yeah, with Chris. Exactly, and um, that's that, that. That track came actually out on the remixed album. Yeah, got it. Okay, well, we're going to take another quick break here, and you're going to hear a piece of that track, "Sexual" from Amber, and we'll be back in a few minutes. our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi, this is Jeannie Tracy. You're listening to our favorite prince, Roy Brunstein, on Prince Among Queens on VoiceAmerica.com. 
Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Hi, this is Linda Clifford, and you're listening to A Prince Among Queens featuring Troy Bronstein. Listening to Prince Among Queens with Troy Bronstein. To reach the show today, call into 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You can also reach out by email to Troy at T Best Talent Agency.com. Now, back to Prince Among Queens. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're here with Amber and we're going a lot right along here. And uh, so after the, the Sex and the City thing, actually, then um, you received a Grammy nomination for uh, one of the writers for Love One Another. Isn't that right? Yeah, um, because I wrote uh, Love One Another with uh, also with Billy and Rick when we had mm-hmm. that sexual session going on. We, we wrote another song, which was Love One Another. And um, <clears throat> I put it you out on something. my album, obviously. This, huh? Right. No, I was going to say, and you also wrote something for Bette Midler, didn't you? Didn't? Yeah, I did. Bless Your Child. And um, actually what happened with Love One Another is that um, they had pitched it to, to Cher, I assume. Um, and uh, Cher really liked it, but she didn't like the second verse. So uh, the, the second verse had to be rewritten for her, for her to uh, actually perform it, or, you know, wanting to, wanting to perform it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's what that's uh, what was done, and she recorded it, and it gave us her version gave us a Grammy nomination, which is pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> that is cool. That is cool. So a- after that, as you're moving along, now we have finally. Um, I've got a, I, on my notes. I have naked and departed because <laughs> you did the album naked, and that was actually the first album not produced with the Berman Brothers, and you were kind of correct. I mean, the first, the the the, the second one was already not produced with the Berman Brothers, and quite honestly, they had just programmers that edited most of the work, so they're not really producers. They're just acting like some. So, gotcha. but um, the. Um, uh, the third album, yes, because I had to actually also, on top of them grabbing all the money from me, I had to buy myself out. So I paid them extra money on top just to leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Jesus. And, yeah, it was hell. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're being in a bad relationship and the guy just doesn't want to let you go. It's horror. Right, um, right. But then I got my freedom and then I, you know, I sat down with other people and I, um, you know, co-wrote the entire album and had other people produce it and 
paid them the money for the work that I couldn't do. And yeah, that was the album Naked. And the first track out of that song, from that album was Yes. Yes, however, is a song that I did not write um, mm. because I had established such great contact with Billy and Rick at that time, the ones that I wrote Sexual With and Love One Another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had pretty much, you know, all tracks already laid out, and I was still looking for one track. And, you know, I didn't want to do, I, I didn't want to half ass something with that album. I really wanted to do a decent album with great tracks. So I called Billy and I said, Billy, listen, you know, I explained to him, I have an album, blah, 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 coming out, and I still need one track. Do you have something in your drawers? And I know Billy has drawers, like the A, B, C, D, F ones. (laughs) And he does not just grab into the the best drawer for everybody. He doesn't do that. So when he handed me that song, I knew he had a thing for me. Like, I knew he really liked me. I was very happy and very pleased. I heard the song, yes, the demo, and I was like, that's it. I'm done. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. It was just right up my alley. Also, the lyrics and stuff, it was beautiful. And that actually happened to become the uh, first single. did very well, too. Yeah, it did. It went number one. Well, I mean, sexual, above the clouds, love one another, and then yes, and then also the need to be naked, which I like that track, too. Um, what number yeah, one? the Need to Be Naked was the second single, and that was uh, co-written with uh, Billy and um, ooh, oh, not I know I'm going to get slammed. Um, uh, another another good co-writer friend from Billy. I don't, I can't come up with his name right now. Sorry, sorry, Billy, if you're listening. Um, Wolfram was the producer, and, uh, right? Was it Wolfram? Was what do you say? Name? Wolfram was he the producer? Of that? Yes, he was the producer of the Naked album, yes. Okay. Got it. Good, good, yeah, because all those songs were, were great. Yeah, and I remember, yes, it was like, you know, perfect because it was your project. It was you. It was yeah. about you. Yeah. And here you have this slamming track coming out and, you know, goes number one. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah. I, don't need you. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> See, I could do this on my yeah. own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was, I just that was I just didn't feel that um, the um, the label itself was doing a good enough job in in terms of timing and and um, promoting it right. There was no video there. You know, you could just see. I mean, at that point of time, Tommy Boy was already going downhill, and what I, they I was had not say, told yeah. me. At, yeah, and what they had not told me at that point of time. In 2002, they just gave away all my masters to Warner because they 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 were doing financially so bad that. They, they handed over all their masses that they had uh, um, up in their vault at that point of time and wanted to just shelf them. That was pretty shocking um, that they did that. And nobody even, you know, communicated that with me or, you know, they were just gone. They were just not, and not even available. Warner would not even make an effort to then from their side to at least put them out now at, the, the, at that time, the, the digital platform that was just, you know, starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much until 2017, all my old masters before Naked were not even digitally officially available, which Jeez. is um, really a sin, if you ask me. That is, that is. Now you could always redo those over again, right? Or, or don't they revert back yeah, to I did, a yeah. period of time? Yeah, what I did, what I actually did um, at some point, you know, because um, obviously I was not happy with how Tommy Boy had handled the situation um, Mm -hmm. with with Naked also. So I knew that Tommy Boy was, 
obviously not doing well, obviously, with the things they had just done. So I took that moment and I approached Tom and I said, listen, I know you're, you know, he always is that kind of like spiritual acting kind of guy. Um, So I said to him, I said, what good is an artist for you, you know, if she's not feeling it, if she's not into it, if she's not feeling that you're doing right by her? I mean, what what good is an artist for you if she's not willing to give her, her all because she is not happy with the way this is being handled? I said, and I would really like for you to release me. And back in the day, you know, it was normal when artists did not want to work with you anymore. They just shelved them. They kept them in the contract. Mm-hmm. And they would just shelf them just to make sure to keep them off the market so nobody else could, uh, nobody else could grab them. Exactly. Um, and that Punishment. is just one, that is at least one thing um, that I was happy about, that Tom was gracious enough at that point of time to let me go, which is also, on the other hand, self-protection, because he knew he, he had to otherwise give me a huge advance for the second, for the second album. Um, <laughs> So it worked for the both of us at that point of time. So I was able to leave, and then I set up, I had already set up my own label in the, in the meantime, and I already had started writing new songs and stuff, and that's when I financed the next project all by myself, which was my kind of world, like, the album. Yeah. That was good, Which too. was a totally different direction, because I needed to just get away for a moment from all these dance songs and... You know, just do a little bit of a different thing. Right, right. Well, that's where Voodoo and You Move Me was on there. and um, Yes, just and, like that. Just like yeah. that, just like that, yeah. So that was all, I mean, that was good and, and you know, a, a little bit of a different sound. Uh, yeah, you, it was more thing. like rock-infused, a little pop, a little little bit of everything, you know, because I, I really don't like this entire... You know, you used to, where did the times go? Remember when we were in the 80s, you would listen to one radio station and it would be all over the place because it came down to if the song is good or not. Does it work, yes or no? And in the 90s, it just became this thing with Clear Channel that everything was just freaking categorized. Right. And I hated that because, you know, there's so much beauty and fusion. Same thing with the world, the globalization. There's just so much beauty and fusion. So I really wanted to make a point there and... um you know, fuse more sounds together and really, you know, listen to my heart for once. Yeah, well, yeah. It worked. It did it. You know, it was there. And then um, what we're going to do is we are going to take another uh, break here. And we're going to mm-hmm. actually to a piece of, if you could read my mind, the collaboration that you did with Jocelyn and Ultra from the Studio 54 uh, movie. All right. And the soundtrack. And um, hopefully everybody enjoys it. I know that that song is is loved by many, many, many. So we're going to take a little break and we'll be back with more of Amber. And y'all enjoy this piece of If You Could Read My Mind.
Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Dive on in. That's right. Dive on into my favorite prince among queens, Troy Bronstein. You tell him Debbie Holiday sent you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Hey, family, this is Robin S., and you're listening to Prince Among Queens with my brother from another mother, Troy Bronstein. Listening to Prince Among Queens with Troy Bronstein. To reach the show today, call into 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You can also reach out by email to Troy at T Best Talent Agency.com. Now, back to Prince Among Queens. Okay, we're back with more of Amber, and um, I just wanted to put in this one little note for your credentials that um, Billboard ranked you as the 34th most successful dance artist of all time. So, yay! Isn't that something? (laughs) (laughs) So, that's that's good. Yay, yay, yay. Exactly, exactly. So, um, after, basically, after that, you had, well, you did one more album, I believe, My Kind of World, right? So that was the one yeah, we that just was finished. my okay, kind of world. Right. After Naked, that was my kind of world. Um, right. And, that was and uh, singles, three singles. And after that, I think I did um, a single, Melt with the Sun. Then I did a single with Zelma Davis, No More Tears, Enough is Enough. I remember that. Um, yeah. I also had released some uh, unreleased uh, mixes and songs. It was called Undanced. Um yeah, so I had continually brought out uh, quite a, uh, quite a bit, and then on top, what had happened is because I saw that you know a lot of people kept asking like, what happened to this is tonight? What happened to this? What happened to that? So I decided to get a mechanical license and just re-record it. Fuck it, you know? Right. I, exactly. I mean, if they're not going to do it, who's going to do it? I'm going to do right. it. Exactly. So, um, but, you know, in 2017, um, Tommy Boy um, reacquired with some investors all the old masters, and then they uh, tried to go after me and try to tell me that I had to take down um, my versions. And I'm like, hell, fuck no, I don't have to take down the versions. I have a mechanical <laughs> license, and anybody can go out there and can re-record it. You can exactly. go out there and re-record it if you have a mechanical license. Exactly. It's true. And, Very true. And uh, then, the, then after all these years, I mean, I hadn't heard from them freaking all this time, and now they're going to go after me. It's like the same with Burmans. Oh, you're going to have to take it down. You're going to have to take it down. I said, you go take a Cuban chica and let her sing it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> right, because you're su- it's, it's, it's successful, and they see the dollar signs and all that, but... 
that's, well, that's all it is. As soon as there's money, they stand, they're knocking on your door. But that's as soon craziness. as they have to give you money, they run. For, forget it. Exactly. So, yeah. That's true. I don't give a they fuck. But they, they, I, I already, um, I saw that they took it down from Amazon. I don't know who did it, but all of a sudden it was gone. So not done with them yet because well, just out of spite, I might just put it on your spite. Put it on your site or something. Re-record everything. So there you go. But now in this last sex, last segment, uh, I always ask um, the four favorites, your favorite city, your favorite show, favorite song, and your favorite food that you eat on the road. So let's start with your favorite city. This can be a city that, you know, you love going to and performing at. It could just be a city that you like to go to and just chill. It just might be a city you like to go to and let your hair down. What's your favorite city in the world? tough one because you know there are so many beautiful places and and you can't compare an egg with a piece of bread or you know, I know. but i must say um i've probably had the, the i was most impressed with rome mm-hmm. i must really say that i mean just the fact that this city is over two thousand freaking years old and um i spent a couple of really beautiful days with my son there and it was just amazing i mean the architecture i'm really impressed with architecture and antiques and old buildings and you can really get me with that and history and i'm that kind of nerd so um rome i would have to say nice nice yeah no i I, we were in rome last last, well two years ago because brian was still alive and um and i was noticing the old architects you know all that there <clears throat> and um, yeah it's beautiful it was it was nice it's very beautiful so okay so your favorite sh- what's your favorite show what was your best show that you can you remember whether the crowd went like absolutely nuts or the crowd was massive or it was just you were yeah. on and you know what 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 which one well, do you one remember always sticks, yeah the one that always sticks with you i mean you know i've been i've been very blessed and i've been very very lucky obviously also to have um a huge gay following i mean that was something that was never purposely intended in any kind of way um you know i do, i would i came in there not knowing the industry and you just thrown out there and for some reason um the gay community took a liking to me um and so obviously i have have i have great memories everywhere especially through the gay community but obviously the one that sticks with you is most likely the one when your record breaks and you start hearing yourself every store you go into it's like you start hearing your own song <laughs> and that very first official huge crowd you are going to be thrown into and that was B96 radio station Chicago in 1996 i never forget that summertime and they told me, you know, it was number one on their radio station, and that's where I had to go. And I remember them introducing me, and it was a crowd with 30,000 people. I mean, that's pretty scary, you know, when you do it the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember going out there, and I really felt the need to introduce myself. And people were screaming, and I'm like, hi, my name is Amber, and I'm going <laughs> to sing you my first single, This Is Your Light. <laughs> Like a schoolgirl, it was the freaking <laughs> weirdest thing. And the minute the dub 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 dipped up, they I mean the thirty thousand people just went berserk. I'm sure. I'm sure. And yeah. uh, that is something that will always stick with me. That was the strangest, greatest, absurdest moment in my life. Because as I said before, I'm not really this this um, fame for me is an odd thing still. You know, mm-hmm. so. That is a really weird experience. Mm-hmm. And what about your favorite song? 
Oh, my God, that's so tough because I'm so diverse in what I listen to. I love classics, so I, you know, depending on the mood, Frank Sinatra, whatever. I really dig that Dixie Chick album, actually, that latest okay. Dixie Chick album. It's not often that I buy an album because I buy albums. I do not because I want to see the credits. I want to see, you know, who sung it, uh, who produced it, blah, blah, blah. And I really dig the Dixie Chick album and also the... the, the um, feminism on them, the strength on it, the message of it. And there's one song, Everybody Loves You, that which is really, really beautiful, a beautiful ballad. I don't even think they, no, they did not write it themselves, but it's a really gorgeous song. But they have great songs on there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm currently listening to when I'm on the, my and, way to take care of things. And what about um, your favorite food when you're on the road? Uh, favorite food is probably... I love Indian food and I love sushi. Ah, good choices, good choices. Yeah, I like, I like but I'm really food. trying to get totally off. I mean, I've been off of meat for almost like now nine months or so. Um, so I'm try. I'm, I'm swinging between vegetarian and vegan all the time. Mm-hmm. And now and then, depending you know on the situation, I might have sushi if the right place is around. Ah. Uh. Yeah, it's got to be done, done right. That's true. I do like sushi, yeah. but it's got to be prepared yeah. correctly, as they say. So right. Well, my dear, is there anything you know new or exciting that you want to mention to everybody really quick? Because we've got two minutes before we got to go, and I want to just do a, a farewell oh. goodbye because I'm going to be off no, for a couple just, weeks. Just want to just want to tell my fans, you know, thanks for, you know, for supporting me all these all these amazing years and um, you know, I hope everybody is safe and doing well and is getting getting over this corona thing soon and, you know, not being stuck in the house anymore and you know that everybody's safe and um Nothing new coming out at this point of time. I have a couple of battles that I'm fighting out right now mm-hmm. um, with the Burma Brothers. And um, mm-hmm. that's what I'm focusing on right now. And, um, you know, let's just hope for us. This world is getting healthier and uh, we're getting out of this whole pandemic thing. Exactly. Because I think at this point of time, a lot of stages are down, you know. That's true. California opened, though, this, this week. We opened up, completely opened, which is a good thing. And uh we got some shows and stuff starting. So, Amber, I want to thank you again for, for being available for us and for my show today. And I want to let the audience know I'm going to be off for a couple of weeks. So just stay tuned to pay attention and, and we'll be back. And uh, my name is Troy Bronstein. Thanks for listening to Prince Among Queens. And Amber, thank you again. And we'll see everybody shortly. Have a great week. Thanks, Troy. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Prince Among Queens. Be sure to join host Troy Bronstein for another great episode next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, enjoy your week.